Hi, how is it going, everyone? Welcome back to the next English podcast. I'm great, by the way. Thanks for asking. Uh, today, I have a pleasure to welcome a real VIP here on the next English podcast. He has taught English in several different countries. He can speak about six different languages. He has got a PhD. He frequently gives speeches at high-profile conferences for teachers. He is the founder of TEFL Equity Advocates and Academy, and he has C2-level English, yet he is not a native speaker. And he's someone who stands up for people like me. Hi, Marek. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Hi, Zdenek. It's great to, it's great to be on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Uh, so in my little intro, I said that you are not a native speaker. So where are you from, Marek? Uh, I'm from Poland, actually. So I'm your northern neighbor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I know you're not actually based in Poland. Is that so? Uh, yeah, so I have, I've been outside of Poland for 10 years now, almost. It seems like half of a lifetime. So <laughs> I finished my bachelor's degree in English language teaching in Poland, and then I left to, to teach English abroad. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, do you still feel Polish or...? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely feel Polish. I don't think I could be any other nationality. I, you know, I'm very, I'm very proud of mm -hmm. where I come from, of, mm -hmm. of our history, culture, food, you know, mm -hmm. uh, those sort of things. So, you know, mm -hmm. I I'm always happy to share, you know, Polish customs, culture with people abroad and things like this. So I'm, I'm quite proud of that. Definitely. Obviously the main reason I invited you onto my podcast is because, um, I can relate to your experience, your journey, and um, obviously I'm not as educated and sophisticated as you, but uh, you do have a really interesting journey, which I um, have heard about, and uh, I've seen videos uh, of you telling uh, people about this. Um, so where did it all start for you, Marek? Uh, in, well, in, in terms of sort of learning English, if we want to start it at the beginning, I mean, it's, yeah, why not? it all started, you know, as I think for most, most people in Poland go to language schools, I imagine it's similar in Czech Republic, because hmm. I think the, the state school system, the level of English is improving, you know, in the state schools. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I went to primary school, it was right after the fall of communism. And, you know, people went tended to go to language schools as well to improve their level of English. So that's what I did as well. And then... So you, you, you know, went I kind to of, language school while uh, studying at a state school, is that so? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, my parents sent me, they said it would be good for you. Mm -hmm. So you have to go. I didn't want to go. I wanted to <laughs> as I think all kids, you know, yeah. want to do. Then I kind of went through all the levels and certificates, you know, like the first certificate mm -hmm. in English and then I did the proficiency in English. Mm -hmm. So when, and, I, when did you when did you do the C, CEP? Uh, I it was in high school. I think I was like seventeen or something like this. Right before going to university, I I did it. Wow. Um, so at that time, you basically you I, I suppose you passed the um, the exam. So you go you go to C two level before you yeah go, before that you was that was done there to the university. Yeah. 
yeah, that was that was then. Um, but you know, it it had taken me a very long time. If you think about it, is you know, I started learning English when I was seven, and that I did you know the the certificate of proficiency when I was eighteen or seventeen. Yeah. So it's like it's over ten years, really. So it's a very long time if you mm. think about. It. Well, but yeah, and then I. But it's still impressive, nevertheless. <laughs> yeah, um, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean. Um, I, st I studied a lot for it. I remember it's 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 really difficult, you know. Uh, I'm not sure if if I would pass it that well now. I would have to study for it again. I think yeah, you know because it's a know, really difficult exam. Yeah, as no we matter know, how. Sorry, sorry about that. I just no. wanted to say, as we know, these exams are not not, are not just about the the language proficiency, but uh, they are as much about uh, like knowing the format of the test and being familiar with uh, the, all these tasks. They are there. absolutely, absolutely. It's a lot of training for the uh, for the test. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and then I, you know, I went to um, to study English in university. I don't know if you have a similar thing in in Czech Republic. We call it English philology. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm familiar with this, um, obviously. So it's, yeah, it's so not, it's, it's, it's not a bit of English teaching. It's philology. It's like studying the culture and the language. Yeah, so you can yeah. you can choose the teaching option as well, where you have the you know the teaching practice as well, mm -hmm. uh, and and the pedagogy. So I I chose that as well. But apart from that, as you said, there's there's a lot of literature, history, yeah. culture, those those things. Um, yeah, and then you know as I was studying it, a friend of mine told me about the CELTA. Mm -hmm. that you should do, you should do the CELTA if you want to teach English abroad and you know you'll have the opportunity to maybe to travel a little bit and traveling is was always something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Czech Republic. I went to Prague. Oh, and I didn't know that. So, so, uh, yeah. so, oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I did my CELTA in International House Accent in, oh, in Prague. Okay, so we did the CELTA in, a, in the same place. We might even oh, know, there you go. Yeah, we might even know some teachers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was in 2007, I think. Okay. I think it's 2007 that I that I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, I really liked Prague, even though I didn't have much time to see it because I was busy on the on the course. But I really really liked it, and yeah, and then I came back to to Poland. I was still in university, but I got a part time job in a in a language school. Mm -hmm. You know, just a few hours. Uh, during the week and and I started doing that and I kind of discovered that I actually liked it you know and and then I decided to to go abroad uh, mm -hmm. you know and and explore the world a little bit and you know and that's that's kind of how it's how it started well that's that's a really cool story so which country did you go to first I ended up in Costa Rica out of all wow. places <laughs> it was a bit random uh, you know it wasn't very planned I I kind of wanted to go to Latin America because I was learning Spanish mm -hmm. and you know I was just applying to every and any school yeah. <laughs> and the, the school in Costa Rica it was part of international house you know language school chain so mm -hmm. you know it was a very good school and they offered me a job so I was like yeah I'm, I'm gonna take it <laughs> um, I didn't really know anything about Costa Rica apart from you know kind of where it was on the map but that was it and uh, so it was a very very random that I, you know, that I went there, and that's yeah, that's how it started. Then I, after that, I went to Spain as well. Um, I taught in Hungary, um, and I was I was in the UK for for summers, especially like you go in the summer. That's that's what I've done. Yeah. 
um, and uh, and now I'm in in Belgium. Oh, okay, very cool. So, which yeah. of these places was closest to your heart? Let's say I know it might be difficult for you to answer, but <laughs> where would you like I think to it's very return difficult. one day? Maybe. Yeah, it's a very difficult question. I think every place has its you know has its nice memories for me. Mm-hmm. So, Costa Rica, my my future wife is from Costa Rica, so we recently got engaged. Congratulations. So obviously, that's very close to my heart, uh, you know, and I go there very often to see her family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still go have very good friends who live in Costa Rica. Um, and um, Hungary, I, I really, really loved Budapest. I thought it was amazing. You know, the school was fantastic. I did my Delta there. I met some friends who I'm still in touch with after, you know, seven, seven years mm-hmm. of, you know, leaving Budapest. And it was, yeah, really, really great memories there uh, from, from Budapest. I really like my job now as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've made I've made really good friends here in, in Belgium. Uh, I've got a nice group of people and the, I really enjoy my job at the university teaching academic English. So, yeah. you know, every every country really always has something nice to offer and always has some negative points. I, I'd rather focus on the positive ones, but, you know, every place yeah. will have ne- negative. Uh, I see what you mean, obviously. So yeah. um, I mentioned in the introduction that you're the founder of TEFL Equity Advocates and Academy. I'm not sure if my listeners are familiar with that. So could you could you tell us, Marek, what it actually is? Yeah, sure. So um, I f- I first started TEFL Equity Advocates as a as a as a little rant or complaint, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about the the situation where you know a lot of language schools um, only hire native English speakers. You mean it was like a blog first? Yeah, it was. A, it started like a blog, mm-hmm. uh, completely as a blog. I didn't really know what I was doing. I had never uh, r- uh, written a blog post before, but you know, uh, a friend encouraged me to to do it because you know I was in a situation where I was refused uh, a job because I was a non-native speaker. I didn't really know what to do, so I I thought I would I would vent my frustration yeah. in in this creative way. Yeah, and then you know it's very quickly amazingly quickly it just started um growing and and it's really is this because um did it take off because a lot of other teachers like yourself could sort of like relate to it or absolutely yeah i think there were like from the very first blog was there were so many people kind of like commenting on it sharing it you know and just Mm. saying like finally you know somebody's talking (laughs) about because now i think everybody is talking about it but you know, that was in 2012, I think, or no, maybe 2013, you know. No, people weren't really talking about it that mm. much in the, you know, in the blog sphere. So, yeah, it, it, it really snowballed and, and yeah. you know, and, and a lot of really, you know, let's say famous people in ELT, you know, shared it and supported it and everything. So that's I noticed, how it started I noticed that on your website you have good names like Scott Thornbury and Harmer and... Like yeah, it was quite yeah. it was quite amazing, you know. Really, I, you know, I I wrote emails to them, you know. I I, mm-hmm. I you know I I wrote an email to David Crystal and I said, hey, I've got this blog, <laughs> will you support me? And he was like, yeah, sure, it's a great idea, you know. I was like, okay, you know, it's one of the most famous linguists, you know, and um, so yeah, and it you know it it started growing like that, and and uh, I kept it up. Um, 
since then. And, you know, and recently it's also grown into an academy where I offer um, professional development courses to mm-hmm. English teachers, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, so I remember I saw one about um, how to teach pronunciation. So it's yeah. one of the courses you offer, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of it is connected to, you know, how I think very often the way English is presented mm-hmm. also further um, perpetuates or maintains this stereotype that native speakers, all native speakers are better teachers, they mm-hmm. are better models of the language. You know, very often, traditionally, we, we would aim for, you know, let's say a standard British accent, yeah. general American accent when teaching pronunciation. But, you know, that, that just further perpetuates the idea that, well, your teacher then has to be British mm-hmm. because otherwise you won't learn that kind of accent, right? So, so if, if I just sort of like sum it up, uh, so you're basically on a mission to prove to the world that us non-native English teachers are just as good English teachers as the native ones, maybe sometimes even better. And it's unfair that we are basically discriminated against. So that's the whole... Absolutely, yeah. It. Absolutely, that's that's the that's the whole uh, purpose that's of it. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. It's, it's, sometimes you call it uh, um, native speakerism. I noticed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. So, so why would you say like if if somebody got into a heated argument with you about this, what would be the first thing you would say? What would be your first sort of like argument to put forward? Uh, why is this wrong? Well, <laughs> it's it's wrong on so many it's wrong on so many levels i mean think about it like we we would never you know if if you, if you wanted to learn english you're not going to ask for a for a female teacher or for a white teacher you know you're you know you i think the first thing you absurd, should think, <laughs> yeah i think you should think about the qualifications of the teacher right so the fact that somebody is a native speaker doesn't really tell you anything. It doesn't tell you whether they are proficient. It doesn't tell you whether they are qualified, how long they've been teaching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you're a student of English, I think what you should be looking for is, you know, depending on your goals, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're looking at qualifications of that teacher, the experience that they have, uh, you know, what sort of personality they have, I suppose. Yeah proficiency, all those things are, are important in, in language teaching. It's not where you come from, really. I think all of us kind of intuitively know it, that, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not really your, uh, your country of origin. But, you know, and as a, as a language learner myself, you know, I've learned um, six different foreign languages. And, you know, I've met, I've had teachers from all over the world teaching those different languages. And mm-hmm. there were some horrible native speaker teachers and there were fantastic ones and there were some horrible non-native speaker teachers i've heard and there were some fantastic ones as well it really doesn't matter at all absolutely not at all but from Uh, a position of a student often when you're at that young age to be honest like you don't really have that knowledge and often as you said yourself you're pushed by your parents and the parents they they are the ones who often perpetuate this idea that the native speakers must be the best teachers they uh, they would say something like okay when i was at school when i studied english we had a terrible teacher they could barely speak english their pronunciation was horrific i think that might be a ca- uh, the case here in countries like ours 
uh, that went through the commun communist era, and then it was a bit hard for uh, the teachers mm. to sort of um, start teaching English because they didn't have the right qualification, and often uh, they were like requalified teachers from other languages. You know, so absolutely, yeah. No, I think it was a very similar situation in Poland. But you know, coming back to you know to this argument that somebody might use, well, that, that's true, but it's very stereotypical. So you've had one, two, three teachers mm. in your lifetime in high school, and from then you're generalizing to all Czech teachers of English. Let's say, right, that they will yeah. all be crap just because I had one crap teacher in high. School. I mean, it doesn't really work like this. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like, you know, all these stereotypes that they have about, you know, different nations, for example, you know, uh, that these people are like that. Maybe you've met one person who, you know, uh, but it, it, it really doesn't work like this. And, and, you know, and I think probably it's the same in Czech Republic that the proficiency of the local teachers as well is improving a lot. Yeah, definitely. And I would also want to say that, you know, of course... Your teacher needs to know English and speak English well enough to be able to teach you. But proficiency is just one aspect of good teaching, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, would you like your child to be taught by somebody whose first language is English, but who's only done a four-week course in teaching English and has absolutely no idea about teaching kids? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's it's clearly wrong as well to to, to want that. I mean. You, if you want your child to really learn English, then you should be looking for, a, you know, for somebody who's qualified and experienced in teaching mm -hmm. kids and young learners. I think that's that's who you want to be looking for. And, and you, you might know, overlook some, like, um, you know, inequalities in terms of the accent or something like that. Well, I, I think there's also, you know, another argument that I often hear, you know, you might hear it from parents is all oh, when, when I study with a native speaker, then my child will have better pronunciation. Mm. You know, first of all, you know, what, what is better pronunciation and you know, that there's no better or worse pronunciation, right? There's yeah. all accents are equally good. Some are uh, more prestigious than others, but that's a different, different story. But it's also a myth. Your child will not learn the accent of your teacher, especially if in a, in a foreign language setting when they have, let's say, three hours a week or yeah. five hours a week of English classes. Mm. They're not going to pick up the accent yes. of, the, of the teacher. Simply That's the exposure myth. is not like, long enough. It would, be, it, it would be enough if it was an immersion setting, right? Mm. So if, you, you know, if your child is... Start going to school in English and everything is in English. So they are, you know, using English for six hours a day, every, every day, then yeah, they would, they would probably become a bilingual, fully bilingual speaker. But mm. a foreign language classroom is not going to happen. And there is a lot of research that clearly shows that. So, I mean, if, if a school promises you that your child will learn better pronunciation or better English simply because the teacher is a native speaker, they are lying to you. Yeah. They well, seriously that's what uh, an owner of a language school uh, might say in order to sell their product, right? That's, that's natural. So if I play a little bit of, a de uh, of the devil's advocate, uh, he might say some, or he or she might say something along the lines of, but the native speakers, they have the best range of vocabulary. They have uh, the, they have the the native accent. They have the feel for the for the language. They they have better cultural awareness. 
you know all these things just just sell to just sell the the product and to attract more uh, potential clients to their language school you know what yeah. i mean yeah and i i think it's i think it's sad that a lot of language schools do that i think i think really they should be uh, they should be advertising the schools saying that, you know, all of our teachers are highly qualified. Mm. They all have, you know, C1 or C2 level in English. Yeah. They are highly proficient, right? They they have these and these qualifications. I don't know. They have a master's degree mm. or they have a delta or, you know, yeah. uh, they are highly specialized in teaching business English or they are experts in teaching young children. Exactly. That's, that's I think, exactly. you know, the way to advertise your yeah. Uh, your school, I think, on teaching excellence, really, not on myths, because you know it's it's all it's all a bit of a myth as well that all native speakers are more proficient than any non-native speaker. You know, if you look at the results of IELTS, maybe some of your <laughs> yeah. listeners here have, have taken IELTS. I've seen it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, the the average score of a, of a native speaker. Um, on IELTS, according to official statistics, is is six or six point five out of nine. Oh, great. Right? So I got, not not a, not a very high score. <laughs> I got an eight, so I guess I'm better than them. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest, uh, like if if we if we um, put in a counter argument, uh, it might often be the case that they didn't prepare for the exam because they you know sort of like underestimated it. Don't you think? Yeah, no, that that can be the case, but to me, it just proves the point that you know, just just being a native speaker yeah. doesn't make you more proficient than any non-native speaker. I mean, it 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 clearly doesn't. You can you can invent all sorts of reasons or justifications why these native speakers scored so low on on IELTS. Yeah. But you know, just to give you a personal example, you know, very often we use Spanish with my with my girlfriend at at home, mm-hmm. and. And very often, you know, I, I ask her something, maybe we're watching a series or I'm reading a book, you know, I like reading the Latin American classics like Gabriel Garcia Marquez mm-hmm. and so on. And sometimes there's a word that I don't know. And I'm like, hey, you know, Margarita, what, what does this word mean? Mm-hmm. And very often I just get a blank face from her. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, and then we, we joke, you know, that, oh, but come on, what, what sort of native speaker are you? You're supposed to know everything, right? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I see what so, you mean. Yeah, yeah it, it happens very often that, you know, and a native speaker, you know, won't know all the words either. Definitely. You know, Besides, there are some qualities that only non-native speakers have. And I think that that also marks them out because they have been through this. You know, they have studied the language. They know all the challenges of the language. Uh, they can sort of like empathize with the with the learner. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's very important to, to think about that. I, I mean, you know, you can make an analogy, let's say, to to sports or, or to football, right? Mm, that, exactly. You know, some of the... It's not to say that if you haven't played football successfully, you won't be a good coach because, you know, we have examples like Mourinho, for example, or, <laughs> uh, wait, wait uh, or Jurgen Klopp. Do you consider Mourinho a good coach? <laughs> he used to be very good. <laughs> he used to be very good. He won Champions League. But, um, you know, I, I think it really helps, like, you know, especially if you have a team like, I don't know, Barcelona or Madrid, just full of superstars. Yeah. It really helps if you have played football, like yeah. Zidane or think- Guardiola, on a high level. Mm-hmm. It gives you also, apart from your qualifications as a coach, it gives you a different insights into Absolutely. the personalities of people, 
the difficulties when facing, you know, an important language exam or a Champions League match, how to motivate them, all sorts of things, because you've done these things yourself. And, and I think that brings a different perspective as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's a really important point that you just said. Um, okay, so I, I just want to say that um, I want to ask you, this idea of glass ceiling, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just going to explain it to my listeners. So basically a glass ceiling is a point after which you cannot go any further. Uh, usually it's, uh, it's related to your position at work and it's because there is some sort of discrimination, some, some sort of an invisible barrier that blocks your progress or advancement. So obviously this is what we are facing here in, in TEFL or ESL. Uh, that's what we we native speakers uh, non-native speakers are facing so I was just wondering I, I I think I know the answer but do you think that one day this glass ceiling will be broken well I I hope so but I think it will take a very long time right if we look at um, women's rights or, or or you know um, it, it, it's taken you know mm. over a hundred years and still in most countries women are nowhere near equality yeah. uh, because you know these stereotypes sexism for example racism yeah. they're very deeply rooted in in societies you know exactly. uh, and I so I think it will take a very very long time but I you know I think we've been making progress and we just have to we just have to continue and I think um, as a non-native speaker you can be incredibly successful I you know I, I know a lot of non-native speakers who are who are teacher trainers um, who you know teach on master's degrees around the world mm. who you know who are school directors I told you uh, before we started recording this podcast that I have a friend from high school who owns a language school in wow. London in you London. know with, oh, in London with 30 amazing. teachers and she's not a know. native speaker no, she's Polish. She went to the same high school as I did, mm. uh, funnily enough. Uh, so, you know, there's, I, I think, you know, there is a glass ceiling. But now I was just thinking that, you know, because it's only glass, if you take a hammer and you start hitting at it, you might break through. Isn't it know? a bit violent, Marek? You might hurt <laughs> some people along the, line, along the way, you know? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Just be careful, you know, that the glass doesn't fall on other on other people while you're breaking it. Yeah, you know? they should wear some uh, protective equipment or something. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I think it will be it will be broken one day. Mm. Uh, it's you know it's being broken at the time, and in some places it's more broken than in others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will still take a very long time, mm-hmm. definitely. So, Marek, uh, if I could ask you um, for advice in my personal situation. So, basically, I often feel frustrated uh, when I get rejected um, for being a non-native speaker. I, I, they don't really tell me this specifically, that we, we don't want to hire you because you are Czech or something like that. But I feel like because mm. of all my qualifications, I should be appreciated a bit more. Uh, so, what should I do when this happens? Should I defend myself somehow should i sort of like uh, get back at them or should i take it like a champ or, or <laughs> how, how should i approach this marek yeah it's a it's a very it's a very good question i think um my way of approaching it has always been to kind of not to let them get away with it so first uh you know i would want to find out what what is the reason why you didn't employ me ah, okay. um so i would you know i would write back to them 
until I get an answer, right? You know, but I, I would be friendly and polite. Yeah. So I would, just, yeah. uh, you know, look, I'm, I, I just want to, I just want to improve, and I would like to know if you could give me some feedback. You know, uh, what's the okay. main reason why you didn't employ me? Okay. And if they do say that it's because you're a non-native speaker or because you're Czech, mm. then you know, then I would, I would send them another email and explain why I think this approach is wrong and what makes me a good candidate. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I have a, a, a an email that I've sent many times and that I've kind of, I've improved uh, over the years and I just copy and paste it and, and I would send that because, yeah. you know, it kind of helps me kind of that, you know, you know, I, I explained it to them, I hit back at them yeah. and, you know, I did everything I could. And then, and then I suppose you just have to, you just have to move on. And, um, it was, I, I always tell myself, and that's something that my mom has always told me since I was in school. Um, you know, if, if they don't hire you or if you, you know, it's, they are losing. Mm, that's, it's not that's you true. who are losing, that's true. but they are losing on a great teacher. Mm. So yeah. you probably don't want to work for that school anyway. Yeah. So just move on and find a better place, you know. I, I suppose uh, the, the biggest challenge for me would be just to keep myself, you know, cool about all this because the, all the emotions come in. Like when you get yeah. rejected, I hate being rejected by anyone, let alone when I, I'm aware that my qualifications are good enough and all this experience. Yeah. And if you are sort of like confident in this job, like you know you are a good teacher, yet you're judged for something that is just barely fair, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. No, I I completely understand that, and I think in the past uh, when I started my blog, for example, and the whole campaign, I was definitely much more angry. Mm. You know, I was, and but I think I've learned over the years yeah. that that anger doesn't help. Yeah. Like if you if you write back to people in a very angry tone and you offend them, you attack them back. Yeah. It's that then it's not going to help. They they will just kind of withdraw into the mm-hmm. kind of little world, yeah. or they will attack you back, and it's yeah. just going to turn in. It's just going to be very nasty. Uh, but if so you you know if you kind of stay rational, mm-hmm. positive, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just write back to them, you know, using logical arguments and and kind of you know show them the benefits of having you as a teacher Mm -hmm. it kind of stays positive maybe they will still say no we don't we still don't want you but you know i think just being angry doesn't 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 help i know it's really difficult Mm -hmm. uh, but you know and sometimes i get i get frustrated you know when i when I hear from non-native speakers like you or when it happens to me, I still get very, very frustrated. But, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of take a few deep breaths and then yeah. you kind of, you calmly do something. <laughs> about it. But the thing I think is, like, I don't think most non-native teachers are like you. They would hit back or, or try to sort of like, you know, find counter arguments. I, I think what this actually does to us non-native uh, teachers is that uh, it creates some sort of self-doubt and... We, we, we get more sort of like anxious and we, we don't believe in ourselves as much as we should because of this. Because it's like if I find some sort of analogy, yeah? so let's say, let's say you're looking for a girlfriend. Yeah? So you, you ask someone out and you get, you get rejected. And if it happens to you several times, uh, well, you, you think about it twice if you, if you ask the next girl out, don't you? Because you might expect uh, another failure and you want to avoid that you know what i mean 
Yeah, no, no, I, I completely vicious, understand it. It's a circle, and so how, how yeah. to get out of this? Yeah, yeah, um, I, I think that's very true, that this situation kind of leads to, to more self-doubt and lack of confidence among non-native speakers. Um, but I, I think, for me, it, it has helped me to kind of, to, 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 you know, to find the rational arguments why these schools are wrong yeah. and and there are so many people as, as well it's really good to know that so many people support you you know mm-hmm. um and 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 that can kind of help you i think you know really get it into your head that yeah it's it's not you who are wrong it's it's them really who mm-hmm. who are um wrong and i think we have to we have to write back it's it's kind of coming back to to you know to women's rights and 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 equal pay for yeah. women for example I mean, if if women never went on 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 a strike or never talked about it, do you mm. think men would ever do something about no, it? Because they would com- never do they're anything. Comfortable in that position. Absolutely. I mean, you know, maybe some of us would be a little bit angry at some point, but yeah. the vast majority would just never act mm, because it's, it's it always easy. has to yeah. come from from the bottom. It it, it really has to be. Yeah. The people who are kind of, you know, um, discriminated against, yeah. you have to rise up and do something about it. And then other people, you know, there's a lot of native speakers as well who, mm-hmm. who are very supportive yep. and they, they, they really speak out against it. But it has to be us as well, you know. So I think whenever you get rejected, if you if you just copy and paste literally the same email, just change the, the name of the person and the name of the school yeah. and just, just send it back to them yeah. and, and see what happens. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, right. At least, at least you make them think, if, if not anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I, you, you have all these um, motivational videos and tips um, how, to, how to tackle such situations when you get rejected and so on on your website, on the TEFL Academy. And so I, I just wanted to ask, um, who, who is this for? Is, is this just for English teachers or could anybody else join it? Or who is this primarily for? Uh, I think it's, it's primarily for designed for English teachers, uh, you know, who, especially non-native speakers. One course that I have, um, highly employable and successful non-native speaker teacher, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's for non-native speakers who, who have faced this discrimination, who are either looking to improve their job opportunities at home in the home country or would like to go abroad and, you know, and are looking for ways to, to boost their confidence, mm-hmm. you know, to understand why they are very good teachers and why it's a myth that native speakers are better teachers and what to do as well in the, in the recruitment process. Because sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you might feel that, okay, they, they've rejected me maybe because I'm a non-native speaker. Yeah. But maybe, you know, there are other things that you could have done better, like your CV, yeah. uh, you know, for example, your cover letter, um, your, let's say, professional profile on LinkedIn. There's a million different little things mm-hmm. that you can also improve, mm-hmm. right, uh, on your way to trying to get, uh, to get employed. And this is uh, where you come in, obviously. Uh, that's, that's where my, yeah, me and my, my course come, uh, come in, yeah. exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Marek, could you actually tell uh, the listeners where they can find you? Sure. So, um, the website that we that we've mentioned is tefleequityadvocates.com. Uh, um, that's where my blog is as well. And then I'm on um, Facebook as well, Tefl Equity Advocates, mm-hmm. and on Twitter as well. 
also at Marek Kichkoviak. You can also find me on um, on Twitter. Okay, wonderful. And on Instagram. I'm on Instagram as well. All right. Tap equity. You're everywhere. <laughs> Great. Cool. So um, I, I want to thank you, Marek, for appearing on the podcast. It's been really a pleasure to have you here. And thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for all the hard work you put in and basically how you stand up for us non-native teachers. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks a lot for, for inviting me. It was it was really great. And I hope the you know, the listeners got something out of it um, as well. I hope you you found it interesting. I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. And once again, thanks a lot. And it's been a, it's been a, an honor to have you here. All right. Fantastic. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And good luck with your with your effort, Marek. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenix English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenixenglishpodcast.podbean.com.